Welcome back, everybody. I'm the host of the show, Jay. And let me introduce the show for those of you who don't know what we are about. Uh, welcome to How Did I Get Here? It's where we live our best lives on the internet and come out the other side knowing more but not feeling all that much smarter at all. And I am your host, Jay. Thank you. Uh, it's been a bit of a week. Yeah, you're it's, blonde now. I'm blonde. Why? Did you have a meltdown? <laughs> is that is that usually what happens? It's like a, a stereotype that girls like change their hair after a bad breakup. Oh, really? To like that's why like they'll be like, I'm gonna get bangs. <laughs> is that like or the like dye my hair crazy? Is that the wild transformation that occurs? You either have bangs or you don't after a breakup. That, I know multiple people who gave themselves bangs like while going through it after a breakup. Why? Because you want to like reinvent yourself. You're like. Hey, oh, I'm, I'm better without I'm, you. Yeah, I'm gonna be hot again, or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be hot I'm gonna again. Be, I'm gonna be hot 2.0. <laughs> okay, so yes, I went blonde for work. Period. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, everybody. We have quite an interesting question for today, and the question of the day is: What is attachment theory? Ooh, boom, boom, attachment theory. Interesting. Do you know what attachment theory is? I do know what attachment theory is. Before reading this yes. research outline? Oh, before you sent it to me? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. But it was really interesting. And I can see why people may still believe in attachment theory. And I can also see why some people say may say that's a little bit outdated. Yeah. It, it does seem… It's, this is a great episode coming from two non-parents. <laughs> <laughs> Full disclaimer, we yeah. know nothing about raising children. <laughs> yes, you're all… You're doing great. <laughs> yep, you are doing amazing. I respect everybody who has children and are keeping their sanity. Yes. Like legit, I've been thinking about it recently a lot. And raising a child, especially if it's a kid like me, is going to be a nightmare. I already know. It better be like you. Your child better be like you. You know what they say? What? They say that your child is either going to be the same as you or worse. Worse? Yeah, or worse. Like a heightened version of yourself? Yes. My brother's daughters are the polar opposites of him. Interesting. Yeah. What's your brother like? He's more quiet, introverted, on the very like stoic side. Uh Uh-huh. He definitely… He can be silly, but he definitely in general comes across as serious. Interesting. What are the daughters like? They're like freaking goblins. <laughs> They're very wacky. They're crazy. <laughs> yeah, they have like… I feel like uh, I see so many cute photos of my other cousin's daughters. Yeah. They're so pretty and they're so cute and quiet. And they're, yeah. like, they're very like… They know they're cute. You know? Oh, I they, see. They like twirl around it with their dress and stuff. The smart and then ones. you look over at my nieces who are adorable but are like frothing at the mouth. (laughs) 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 Love them though. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Interesting. Attachment theory. Is it true? Is it not? But first we must delve into what is attachment theory for those of you who don't know. Let's dive into the first one. It's a video. It's called The Attachment Theory. How Childhood Affects Life by Sprouts. Be right back. We are back from the video. Uh, we're going to talk about it. The attachment theory. For those of you who weren't able to watch the video. A uh, quick summary of it is… Everybody is born with an invisible chain. 
and how tight that chain and how close that chain is to the chain holder is how you're going to be as an adult. Is, who's the chain holder? Chain holder is your parents. Okay, just say that. <laughs> so pretty much uh, the attachment theory is about how close and how much love and care a parent gives to a child when they're very young. Like super young. I'd say ages like one, two, f- three, four. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like super youth like when you don't remember anything. Like to toddler. Mm. How much attention and love you give to a toddler and how you treat them affects how their personality and behavior is going to be for the rest of their life. Which sounds like a given. Mm. But I don't know. It's kind of hard to… It's, it's hard to understand. It's definitely hard to understand for me because I understand up to the fact that how you're treated and how your surroundings are when you're young can affect who you become later in life. But to this extent… Because I've seen plenty of… I've seen plenty of scenarios where people who were born in a bit… How do you… How do you phrase this? Like tumultuous households? I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? Like rocky. Yes. People who were born in tumultuous households and had a bit of a rocky upbringing when they were adolescents. They… I've seen the strongest, some of the most stable, well-grounded people in life. Mm. Successful. And I don't know if it's because the theory is true and they're hiding those kinds of aspects of themselves. But I don't know. Looking at those kinds of examples, I'd say it's really hard to say yes or no to this theory. To what degree do you think um, how someone turns out is just something within like their DNA? Or in how much of it is from their environment? Ah, so nature versus nurture. Yes. The age-old debate. You were telling me nature is what they were born with, right? Their DNA and it's kind of like fate almost. Like yeah. what you're supposed to be in the future. Versus nurture which is your surroundings telling you how you're going to grow up. I think nurture is super important. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But some uh, people do argue that DNA… Because a lot of people believe in fate. You believe in the horoscopes. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. No, I just think they're fun. Astrological signs. Yeah, we just love a scapegoat. <laughs> for like <laughs> your own downfall or failings. Right. So for your downfall and feelings, there's always a scapegoat. That's great. And I understand that. So yeah. Well, it's both. I yeah. think it's just both. It is both. Yeah. But well, just to what degree is it both, right? I don't know. Okay, see, I was saying that before. Yeah. You reminded me what nature was. Yeah. I'm going to go with completely nurture. Yeah? Yeah, because… I mean, obviously, it's embedded into our DNA. Yeah. Like, being human is to be selfish. Being human is to… Be selfish. Being human is to be selfish. Mm-hmm. It's just embedded into our DNA. But nurture and how people around you and the setting creates a sense of morality in you. Creates balance. And it, it, it puts the white angel on mm-hmm. your right shoulder every time the red devil is talking. Yeah. So I feel like if nurture is there to create a sense of morality like we are talking about before… Then the child will grow up and be. Well, it's I, not I just know. about morality, it's about I'm personality, honest. right? It's about just how they navigate the world. Right, right. Yeah. So it's not like. Mm. Because if, if it's just nurture, you could argue, like, let's say, like, a pair of twins were born into the same exact environment in life, mm. there's still a chance that they'll be very different from each other. True. Personality wise and the choices they make. True. So that's why it's like, 
I don't think it's, it can't just be that. Or else everyone would be so similar to each other, especially within a family. I counter-argue with this. Okay. If the twins lived the exact same life, they met the exact same people at the exact same time, they walked in the same footsteps mm. and met the same, had the same exact experiences, I would argue that they would be very similar. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I can see that. So I think it is… For me, it is nurture. Because it's really hard to fathom a universe where we're supposed to be some kind of person. And I honestly don't like that even if it was the truth. Yeah. So I'm just going to go with nurture. That is true. Okay. I'm trying to create my destiny. Yes, yes, yes. Let's go. Um, another point of topic that we had for today on the question… What is attachment theory was attachment styles and what they mean. Let's dive into it. So like a bedazzled chain a <laughs> versus bed- a steel <laughs> chain. That black chain. <laughs> so much variety. <laughs> okay. Um, it reads, The origin of attachment theory. The attachments we formed with guardians as children influence us for the rest of our lives. Many psychologists have studied and supported attachment theory throughout the years. Right. Now we're going to jump into what kinds of attachment styles they are and what they mean. Listen carefully. These may apply to you if you believe in the attachment theory. All right. Secure attachment. A child who is securely attached gets upset when their parent leaves but has the coping skills to handle it. They eventually calm themselves down. Adults who have secure attachments are grounded in their relationships. They have an independent lifestyle and enjoy the connection with others. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Right? That's like the role model of what you want to be socially. I don't think anyone fits that mold. Your 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 parents had a pretty strong hold on you. They did. Yeah, it was a strong chain. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a really thick chain, guys. <laughs> Might have been thicker but than I was. It also sounds like you try to break that chain a lot. <laughs> I did. I did. I did. So I don't know. Secure attachment feels a little hard. I guess generally some people could be very grounded in their relationships, have an independent lifestyle, enjoy their connections, but I feel. Let's take it loosely. If any, if like most of these apply to you, let's say that your attachment style is secure. Mm -hmm. I think that's what matters. Okay. Second one, anxious attachment. Children and adults who have anxious attachments seek reinsurance from their loved ones. They can have abandonment issues and worry that their loved ones won't stay. They may have difficulty trusting others. Maybe this is me. I have trust issues. So if you have difficulty trusting others, uh, if you have abandonment issues and you are constantly worried that People in relationships with you, whether romantically or just friendly relationships, may leave, then you may be of this archetype avoidant attachment. Hmm. Okay. A commitment phobe. A commitment phobe. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. I don't get that. No, Typical what? Typical dude in his <laughs> 20s. <laughs> there you go. You gotta get specific. Unattached. <laughs> Wait, really? Huh? I'm just joking. <laughs> Wait. No, let's let's talk about it cuz I've heard I've heard that I've heard that theory before. What? That a lot of people in their 20s have commitment issues because they feel like these are the golden years and they need to experience everything and date everybody. Yeah, which is a lie. Yeah. I have a lot of friends that are married and happily married. Yeah. Yeah, which is interesting. To teach their own. Yeah. I don't think I've met anyone actually. I don't think I've met one person that said you know, I want to enjoy my 20s. In their late 20s. 
in their, yeah, in their, in their late, late 20s, 20s, they feel like creeping up. They're like, you know what? I've, I'm done enjoying my 20s. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to lay down. <laughs> you know what a lot of my friends say is, my beauty is not going to last. Yeah. I have a couple more ears to snack somebody while I'm still beautiful. Yeah. Um, back when uh, Donald Glover wasn't just a musician, when he was also a comedian. He yes. Said, he said, uh, your childhood's over when you see doorknobs and you go, ooh, doorknobs. Wait, what? Because <laughs> like, the idea is that you're like Home Depot. And when you're a kid, it's the most boring place on oh. earth. But then when you're an adult, you start admiring like the different mailboxes. You're like, oh, that would look nice like on a lawn. <laughs> Yo, I'm an adult. <laughs> no. I kid you not, very recently, my friend um, got a new apartment. Yeah. And we spent more than 15 minutes admiring her new vacuum. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Being like, oh my gosh, how much was it? What, Like, what's the power on this? Like, did you get it on Yo, sale? <laughs> I've been looking at vacuum cleaners. <laughs> the Dyson? No. No, not the Dyson. Dyson sponsor us. Dyson. Give us a vacuum. <laughs> I would I, love one. Oh my goodness. I actually bought a Dyson hair blower. Your parents had one at their yeah. house, didn't they? They had one at their house. Yeah. And I, I saw it and it changed my life. Yeah. From a 15-minute, like, a lazy hair-blowing, like, yeah. method to, like, a two-minute, you just, like, put it on and dries itself. Oh my gosh. We, we can't sell it too hard. Not, they haven't sent us anything Oh yet. my goodness. <laughs> <Dyson>. Sponsor us. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So that might have been the avoidant attachment. Going on to the third archetype is the fearful avoidant attachment. This sounds like me. <laughs> These all sound like you. <laughs> Oh no, there's a fourth archetype. Okay. Fearful avoidant attachment. An individual, the fearful avoidant attachment is consistently afraid of getting too close or distant to people in their lives. Both children and adults can have these issues. So it's kind of like a mix of all of the previous two. And you don't want to get too close and you don't want to get too far. Yeah. Wow. Let me see. Can you think of an example of that? What? Not like a, a person… Not liking to be too far but not too close. That might be me. That's interesting. That really might be me. Because I don't want to get too close to people because it's a bit burdensome I feel like. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> I think that's another thing about your late 20s. You start yeah. realizing you don't need that many friends. <laughs> yeah. Because you are so busy and you feel so guilty for not yeah. keeping up with all your friends. And as someone who's moved a lot. Mm. I have friends in different cities. Right. And I do feel guilty if I feel like certain friends in certain cities… Are being neglected. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm just like… I have to throw them like a reply on an Instagram story. Being like, congrats on the blah blah blah. And it becomes <laughs> obligatory. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Guys. <laughs> Guys. Late 20s. Ladies and gentlemen. Listen. <laughs> if you're in your teenage years… I think… I think… Children and teenagers is like okay. Up to like your 18, 19. Yeah because you want to meet all yeah. types of people to see like who fits and like who you get along with and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. You're exploring what kind of people you mesh well with. Yes. Alright. Guys. But by your late college, 20s you're over it. <laughs> yes. Starting from your colleges. You're still meeting people that you like. But just, just know in the back of your head. You saying one more hi… To Tom or David who's next to you and… Let me get your number. Let's, tell, let's get close. Let's be friends. That is going to stop being so fun. Yeah. It's going to become a burden. I don't want to say burden though. Sometimes it becomes… it is. 
if you're busy mm. and it, it takes a lot of emotional energy True. to keep up those kind of relationships. Yes. And you feel guilty. But the best kind of friends are the ones who feel the exact same way. Exactly. And it, there's an understanding of, hey, when we have brunch twice a year, that's when we'll, we're we're, we got it. Yeah. Nothing changes. We're still going to be just as close. You know? Yeah. And if you need to talk to me, you can talk to me. But otherwise, do your thing. Yes. Like, Preach. no hard feelings. You yes. know? Uh, and also, like, feel like you and I, we're of the generation of, like, get as many MySpace friends or Facebook friends True. as you can possibly have. Like, all your buddies on AIM. Like, number count seem to matter a lot for some reason. Yes, followers. But now I'm, like… Keep it to a strong four to five regular rotation of friends. <laughs> Snaps for Diane. You're Gucci. You're good. Beyond that, it's just… You'd rather have four to five best friends than like 20 acquaintances. Yes. Okay. Ladies and like, gentlemen, well said by we're Diane. Snaps. Snaps. We're snaps. If there is anything you take home from this podcast today… Attachment theory… Irrelevant. <laughs> What? You need to understand <laughs> if you are in your college years that later in life, just like Diane said, I wouldn't say burdensome, but it becomes a duty because yeah. you have to you have to divide your emotional emotional energy. And emotional energy is very scarce in your yes. mid to late 20s. Why? Because you go to work and you use it while stressing out. Yeah. Save your emotional energy, friends. For real. Find four or five. You know, your, your top five, top MySpace five. Exactly. <laughs> Find friends that will stick with you and that mesh with you. Yeah. And then that's where you use your emotional energy. And those people may change out throughout yes. time. Like your MySpace, like your MySpace, MySpace top six friends yeah, changed over th time. Those might change over time, but you know, that's a good number, I think. Exactly. <laughs> for regular social interaction. But not lately. Yeah. Social distancing, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I think I think I'm that fearful avoidant attachment. So those were the four types of attachments. Mm -hmm. What kind of attachment do you think you are? So Me? secure attachment is the one where you're just good, confident, independent lifestyle. Anxious is where you keep asking your loved ones and your friends to reassure you that they're not gonna leave. Definitely not that. Mm. Definitely not anxious. Then avoidant is the exact opposite. It's highly independent, uncomfortable with emotional intimacy. It's to an extent. Mm. I feel like I'm a good talker. Mm. But when people… I think people… It takes them a while to realize I don't actually share much. Uh, like for example, I'll post a lot on social media. But yeah. I don't actually share much about my like personal life. Mm. And that's not even a conscious thing. I just don't even think… About… To do it. Right. Because I just don't naturally think it's anyone's business. But your own. But my own. I wonder what that is. I think it's not a conscious decision of mine. And so, huh. but when it comes to like one-on-one -on -one friendships and stuff, mm. no, I don't. No, I still don't. Like I talk a lot about myself, mm. but I don't share the important details about, mm -mm, unless I get asked directly. Ah, but it's not a thing I would just like offer up. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you give out the water, but not the tea. Yeah, because like. And tea. that's that. And that's on tea. <laughs> <laughs> what does that, that even mean? <laughs> it's like a dumb that's new on internet tea. thing. <laughs> but yeah. Because like… um, You know some people are just well, like upon one meeting. They tell you everything. Yeah. And you're just like… I don't know what to do with that yeah. for you. 
It's like it becomes too much. Yeah. It really does. So I think you are… I think you're avoiding attachment then. Is that what you are? No. I'm fearful avoiding attachment. Yeah. You're… I'm not scared. Yeah. Because I fear getting too close to people. Because that means emotional energy. Yeah. Um… And I'm getting too I'm scared I'm scared of getting too far from people because I still want to keep a connection. Yeah. You know? Still want to be like, hey, what's up? How's life? Like once every six months. I'm this. I'm greedy in the sense like I wanna know everything about anyone <laughs> and everything that's going on with them. Right. But I don't like it when they ask me. Okay. Like I actually really don't like when people are like, How are you? How have you been? Really? I find that so burdensome. Burdensome. Really? I, I go like… Like what do you want me to tell you? <laughs> like, well even just like how… Like how how was your day today? I'll… I'll I, you know… I'll give the typical like… Oh it's fine. Or I'll straight up just wow. be… You, when you entered you said yeah, like… Yeah. How was your week? And what was my answer? I don't remember. What did you say? I think I said like… What even was it? That's why I don't remember. <laughs> oh interesting. But, I, but when I ask like friends… When I catch up… I literally am like… What'd you do today? Where were you before this? Because like I genuinely want to know. Yeah. I and think I'm, you're an attentive listener though. Maybe that's why. Because you yeah. want to listen more. Like I genuinely love getting to know people. I'm mm. not afraid of getting close to them in terms of knowing about them. Mm. But I just… I get like… <laughs> I get brain tired as soon as someone turns it on me. Maybe you have a very small emotional capacity. Emotional energy capacity. <laughs> I think I do. Dude, I can take on good, someone yeah. else's but I can't… Yeah, because they're giving off- you theirs. I can't offload. Interesting. I find offloading much more tiring than onloading. What are you hoarding all this energy for? Huh? What are you hoarding all this what energy you, for? My energy? You could keep taking it on, but you don't unload the energy. People will get bummed out real fast. <laughs> yeah. I've had a, we're going to cut this out. I've had a friend burst into tears. Why? Because me just casually telling them about like me growing up. Oh wow. Cause but they, they were a very empathetic person. Right. Yeah. Even though I don't get emotional about yeah. it. It's one of those things. So I think because I'm scared they're gonna be so emotional. Yeah. And that makes me tired. Yeah. I don't wanna. You know what I feel like? Yeah. I feel like you are emotional. It's just you don't sound emotional at all. Yeah. Like very monotone even if you're emotional. I feel like you would be angry the same way as you're talking right now. Yeah. I don't raise my voice a lot. Yeah. Like when I get angry, it's just a stern conversation. Yeah. The same exact tone. Same yeah. volume. Yeah. Almost oh, like that's actually true. I don't… Yeah. yeah. You don't he- you don't feel or hear my anger. Yeah. But I'll tell you. <laughs> it's crazy how you keep the volume the same the whole time. Like you have a built-in really? compressor. Really? I feel like I'm… When I listen back to these episodes, I feel like I'm so loud. And I literally like have to pause oh. it and tell my… Like shut up. <laughs> like, like, be quiet. Yeah, you're Why good. Are you so aggressive when you speak. Your opinion is appreciated here. <laughs> you are the co-host. <laughs> Just don't like how I talk. I think it's very like subtle and very it's not stern. Yes. But it's very How do I put this in a good way? I, I, was talk, gonna... I just talk like how my brother talks. That's it. Your brother talks like this? But like actually serious. How does your brother talk then? Not serious? He's very interrogate. Ter- like interrogation. Oh. Like he'll just question everything. He won't like accept it. Oh okay. Like if you're like… Oh 
man, like taxes are hard, which I've literally said to him. Mm. He'll be like, why? Why is it hard? Interesting. Why? Is he a Virgo? He's a cancer, which is supposed to be emotional. And he is, but he's very… <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> very pent up. <laughs> we, need a, we need a camera on Diane, guys. No, 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 no. That's my actual nightmare. <laughs> okay. Alrighty. Uh, we're going to move on to the third speaking point of today, which how attachment styles are formed and how they affect relationships. So we've talked about how attachments are formed, right? It's how closely, how loosely uh, the child receives affection. Or just like how much care or like how much… Hmm. Like literal like attachment to their parents, right? Mm. Right. So depending on that, I guess your your archetype is decided in this theory. Guys, also disclaimer. This is a theory. This could not be true. It could be true. It's, it's up to you and it's your opinion completely. Yeah, every scenario we're discussing is within the like universe of this theory. Right. Saying like it's kind of like if this is true, then… Question mark? Question mark. Then question mark? Okay, let's get to the fun part. Oh. Alright. Uh, so for each archetype or each attachment style… There is good things and bad things. We're going to read the pros and cons now. First one. If you were the secure attachment style… These are your pros and cons. Secure attachment types obviously make the best romantic partners. Family members and even friends. They're capable of accepting rejection and moving on despite the pain… But are also capable of being loyal and sacrificing when necessary. They have little issue trusting people they're close to and are trustworthy themselves. According to research, over 50% of the population are secure attachment types. I'm obviously this one. I changed my mind. Really? Wait, let's hear the other ones first. Let's hear the other ones first. <laughs> what? <laughs> so those were just pros in the first one. Yeah. I mean, but I guess that makes sense. So the whole theory in itself is care for your child, give your child lots of love. And they'll grow up to reciprocate that love with their behavior. Yeah. And their social… Uh, yeah. Positive social, attracts yeah. positive. Social behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The second one. Anxious attachment style. This is the girl who calls you 36 times in one night wondering why you didn't call her back. Or the guy who follows his girlfriend to work to make sure she's not <laughs> flirting with any other men. Women are more likely to be anxious types than men. Interesting. Oh. I'm not that. Where's the pros? <laughs> you know. Let me let me reword this in a good way. So this is the girl who really cares and will stop at nothing to make sure you are okay <laughs> in the middle of the night. Um yeah. And this is the guy who still has chivalry and will walk his girlfriend. No, there's no without pros. her knowing. This is not. This wow. Is like, the anxiety comes from their esteem, not about caring for your esteem. Right. Yeah. Right. That's okay. That's why it's so many negatives. Okay. Third one, avoided attachment style. This is the guy who works 80 hours a week and gets annoyed when women he dates wants to see him more than once on the weekend. Or the girl who dates dozens of guys over the course of years but tells him all that she doesn't want anything serious and inevitably ends up ditching them when she gets tired of them. Men are more likely than women to be avoidant types. Wow. That's interesting. True. So like we were saying, this sounds like everybody in their early 20s. This sounds like a lot of dudes I know. Sounds like a lot of people definitely. Because I mean you know everyone's trying to explore have a good time. And everyone's like I don't want to be tied down. I want to have fun. I want to date as many people as I can. And then those same people will be like 
hey, want to meet my parents? Hey, want to like hang out at my house 24-7? Hey, I'm like crying a little. Want to like emotionally take care of me? But you meet my girlfriend. <laughs> what the heck? What does that mean? That's like very, multiple people like… That's a very typical like… 20, Early 20s like, thing? 20 dude in their 20s like… Really? Living in the city. Like, Is it like a friends with benefit kind of thing? Yeah. Interesting. But it's like… You'll see people like girls on Twitter always like complaining about a guy who's like this. Yeah. Because it's like, how are you about to basically be my boyfriend, but, but hate not, not to be. be literally just called it? Wow. So what they want is all the pros and not be tied down. None of the like responsibility of the title. I That's guess. interesting. Yeah. Because I feel like if you start in a relationship, there's also fun to that portion of the relationship as well. Being yeah. able to see, I have a girlfriend. I'm yeah. in a relationship. I yeah. love this person. Don't touch her. I will follow her to work. <laughs> don't do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> no, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is not nice. <laughs> yes, that is not nice. Ladies do not do Please that. Please don't do that. You know what's something interesting though? My mom has always told me since I was younger to date a lot. Yeah. My mom has Whoa. always told me since I was younger. That is not typical. Yeah. Because she says… And I, I think… I think it makes sense. There's a lot of sense in what she's saying and her argument because she's saying you need to date enough so that when you find the right person, you know that they're the right person. Mm. You have to go through enough hardships and enough good experiences to understand that, oh, maybe this person is my final person. Yeah. My last love. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like don't be afraid of like relationships not lasting because you'll learn something from them. I don't know if it that's, was that deep. That's a more pos- <laughs> that's a more positive side. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, don't don't go crazy and like date everybody you see, but Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just don't I think you're right. Don't be afraid. That's I think some yeah. people are like will uh stop something before it starts because they like predict an end to it. Right. Rather than just thinking like for however long it lasts, it could be worth it. Okay. <laughs> She's raising her hand everybody. No, no. <laughs> what are you looking at? Why do you keep uh, looking to the side? I don't know. I'm just like keep oh, looking at the, I thought there was a camera there. I avoidance. I'm also just checking the screen. Gotcha. Ladies and gentlemen, do not avoid love. <laughs> Guys, are you God? Are you Jesus? Do you know the future? Sometimes. I'm just kidding. Sometimes. <laughs> I'm, just kidding. <laughs> I'm definitely not. Just, you don't know what's going to happen. Life changes in the blink of an eye. The person that you thought was an absolute nightmare might ask you on a date one day and you somehow end up and you have the greatest date of your life. Um, have you ever heard of this? Um, some people say that by the time you're around 20, you've probably already met the person you're going to marry. Whoa. Interesting. Yeah. Just based on… But I think that's just like strong correlation from like statistics. It's not like a cause and effect yeah, thing. Yeah. But yeah. So like some people say based off of just trends… That like by the time people are around 20, they probably already met the person that they're going to marry. You know what? That remains true for some people that I know. Some people that were uh, in relationships in college, they're married now. And there's a lot of couples like that. But I've seen a lot more of that word. <laughs> a lot of solos flying around thinking, what am I doing here without my significant other? I know um, people who went to high school together didn't even know each other in high school. Like knew of each other but Uh like had no friendship or even relationship. Who started dating after college. 
And how did they meet each other again? Just through friends of friends. Like reconnecting Whoa. or something. Or like, you know, maybe they stayed in the area after Whoa. college. Like in our hometown. And they like link up. Whoa. That tends, that That's happened a lot um, with people I know from my high school. Whoa, that's so interesting. But also, what do you think about high school reunions? <laughs> I like want to go. But I didn't uh. participate a lot with most of my… Like, I don't know. I always feel like uh. I didn't, like, talk to that many people in my class. Yeah. I don't think I would either. Because I heard recently that they were planning the high school reunion uh-huh. for us. Because I graduated 2010. Oh, so shoot. 2020. Yeah. It's about to be time for that 10-year reunion. And I don't think anyone's going to go from what I've heard. Really? Yeah, I haven't kept in touch with anyone from high school except like one or two friends. My my class is a type two want to go. Really? A lot of them are still tight. A lot of them because, you know, in the San Francisco area, a lot of them move back to that area and have jobs around there. Interesting. And stuff, so they all hang out again. I'm the only one who <laughs> has oh. not moved back since high school. So I don't, I'm not as close to all of them. <laughs> but anyway. Okay, anyway. Um. Yes. Okay. Avoid an attachment theory. We somehow t- started talking about high school reunions. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to go. I don't know if I want to go. Alright, here we go. The last one is anxious avoidant attachment style. These are, according to the studies, only a small percentage of the population. And they qualify as anxious avoidant types. And they typically have a multitude of other emotional problems in other areas of their life. Substance abuse, depression, etc. Interesting. Head empty. No thoughts. Yeah. So they're just… According to this website… They are… They have a multitude of emotional problems. And that's the end of it. Here you go. Wow. What a great way to word it. Well… Let us know what you, where you guys think you fall. Yeah. Disclaimer. <laughs> we line. don't… We don't endorse any of these. Yeah, yeah. We're not saying you yeah. have to be this way or that way. We're just exploring what this theory suggests about certain archetypes. Yes. Uh, you can definitely relate yourself to the avoidant, anxious avoidant attachment style and not portray any of these emotions. Or any of these qualities. Like, like habits. Could, yeah. Yeah. You could just be very anxious and not be too far and not be too close to two people. And still do a good job. How do you life. think you're going to raise your future kids? Like how much are you going to helicopter? How much… Ooh. Like are you going to let them just like run out the door during summer? And like they'll come back in when they come back in or… You know what? I think… Because I've been thinking about this for a couple years as well. And I legitimately think… And I obviously can't say for sure since I haven't been in this situation yet. But I legitimately think that I'm just going to let my kids do what they want. Like not things that will harm them. Obviously. Like I'm going to go to a party when I'm 12. Like that's not happening. Yeah. But you know if you want to do a certain… If you want to dance. If you want to do music and be… A, maybe not a singer. I don't know. If you, <laughs> you want to act. If you want to… Not just based on the careers. But if you want to do certain things in your life. And be a certain way. I'm totally okay with that. As long as you really know. And you know that they're… And you know that you're going to be held responsible to your actions. Mm. Because yeah. after having had my parents trying to mold me into this lawyer slash doctor slash accountant slash businessman slash millionaire of, and hopes and dreams of all other Asian American parents. Yeah. 
I've realized that if you don't want that for yourself, then it's not going to happen no matter how much they push for it. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know they paid a lot of money in order to get me to study better, to become this genius that I'm not. Yeah. You know? So, one, I want you to be happy, my future child. And two, I don't want to waste my money. I are think you going to be like their friend? Or are you going to want to be like an authority figure to them? <sighs> I don't know. That's a hard it's balance. so hard. <laughs> so hard. Yeah. Because especially if they're like me, we're going to have problems, man. <laughs> no, you'll understand them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll understand what they're thinking. And then you're going to be like, I'm going to lock you in your room. Because <laughs> I know Metal exactly bars. what you're thinking. <laughs> All computers away. But… Yeah. I actually don't know. I can't say for sure. What do you think? I think… Uh, can't speak on for everyone. Obviously there's mm. different degrees to everything. I definitely benefited from like… Being scared of getting in trouble. Mm. Like that feeling. Mm. Like I, I… I know it really <laughs> helped guide me. Right. The, the strong thing of like… Oh I can't do that. Like my brother will kill me if I do that. Interesting. Like that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Because then, um, for me, that's how I felt like someone like cared. Uh, You don't want to like disappoint, obviously. But at the same time, my chain was pretty loose. (laughs) Interesting. My chain was pretty loose. And I was, I'm glad like, not like physically, physically, but like, Mm. I'm glad like I had opportunities to like, to get hurt. Right. And to like, have to figure it out. Mm, on your own. Yeah. Or like, else you wouldn't I, have learned. I'm glad I was forced to like do things and mm. just figure it out. Like even like simple things like how to make a doctor's appointment and get yourself there without driving. Like figuring that out at an early age. Uh... Or like you messed up in school. You know? Yeah. Or like you got in trouble and like are going to get detention or something. You know? Yeah. Just like dealing with that. And like… Um, doing good like afterwards without like necessarily parent having to be like you have to be better. Yeah. Just feeling on my own like oh I want to be better. Like stuff like that. I'm oh, glad I had the choice. Like nobody had to like say it to me. Mm. And that makes sense. I think I think that's the best situation. Yeah. Just loose enough for you to experience your own things but tight enough to be able to be a barrier when they need it to be. Yeah. Like g- like being allowed to go out with friends mm. like for sleepovers. Like mm. the chain being loose enough to go to sleepovers. Mm. But tight enough that I'm not going to tell them where I'm really going. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> you know there's a balance. <laughs> We're not endorsing partying at a no, 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 no. And you know by partying I was just playing monkey ball. What's monkey ball? On, on the GameCube. Oh… Yeah, all I was doing was playing um, monkey ball at my friend Ron's house. Oh. Yeah, with Why'd just you a lie bunch of group of friends. Huh? Why'd you lie to your parents then? All this stuff happened too. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> this is the interesting last point of the day. It is attachment theory is all wrong. Here's what science really says. Let's go. People with insecure, anxious, disorganized attachment styles can rest easy. The science behind the 60-year-old theory of infant attachment is vanishingly thin. 
and being dismissed by an incredibly large body of psychology researchers and clinicians. Wow. So we just talked all of that. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, I, I feel like… Because theories are theories for a reason, right? There's no scientific evidence yeah. to I refute mean, those we, claims. We, we, well, theories based on scientific study observations. Right, stuff. right. But we, we basically came to the similar conclusion. Like right. these aren't definite. They're like, hypotheses. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we've been saying the whole time that it might be a little outdated. That it does sound iffy in some parts. And we have found evidence. Scientists <laughs> said you're right. Yes, sir. Psychoanalyst John Bowlby first proposed the attachment theory in 1958 after looking at animal research that attributed most distress to absent mothers in the first year of their life. The theory was later applied to humans, hypothesizing that if an infant successfully bonds with their primary caregivers, they will be able to have largely secure emotional, stable relationships throughout their lives. And by extension, superior mental and emotional health. You become a superior being. Which, nature versus nurture argument, I feel like could be true. More importantly, if they are not able to connect their bond, they are doomed to a life of instability and much-needed therapy. I think that's where the problem is. So they're basically saying that that is not true and it is a bit outdated. Uh, let's see. Ah, and this, this takes to why the theory took root so firmly in the community is that despite its shallow suppositions, the theory took root in a post-World War II America in part because it appealed to fears about wives going to work. Interesting. Interesting. The oh, notion. Oh, trying to like shame them for like not yeah. being home to their kids? Yeah. Man! That's ridiculous. Yeah. The notion that what a mother does during the first few years of life psychologically makes or breaks a child caught on because it told people what they wanted to hear. In retrospect, his suggestion that what happens in the first years of life influences in a significant way how you'll be for the rest of your life is an unreasonable idea. Which I totally agree. Yeah, I don't remember what happened. Happened when? Like the first three years of my life. Exactly. I don't remember anything either. I, don't, I remember eating like leftover ramen on a table. That's it. Oh, that's yeah. random. <laughs> I remember I, a broken crane machine. <laughs> yeah. The things that leave impressions. <laughs> like one or two things from your childhood I feel like stick with you. Yeah. Like when you're super young. Mm-hmm. But nothing else. So yeah. Guys, in the end, everything we talked about today was irrelevant. <laughs> Just kidding. I mean, obviously we're talking about it for fun. Attachment theory could be, you know, applied. Because obviously nature versus nurture argument, once again, I feel like it's good to give your children love. And to yeah, give them I, care I, and affection. I, I can't imagine someone yeah. would argue against that. Yeah. I think the debate starts again in how you give them affection, whether it's stern, whether it's just loving. You know, that's totally up to you. And I have no opinion on that because of the fact that I've never raised a baby before. But all in all, the attachment theory, what is it? The theory that how you grow up and what kind of love and care you receive as an infant results in the end life and behaviors of yourself in the future. Did that make sense what I just said? I think I repeated something really weird. I don't know. Let's put it in a fortune cookie. Okay. Anyway, that is an attachment theory for you guys today. That wraps up the question. For those of y'all who have weary ears, who are in need of a moment of rest, this is Ege Rose.
times when they hit you Face down in the ground with the whistle Flat seas, but the tree never grow fur Shouting they look at you on mute When they got you thinking maybe It could be me that's crazy All the tears bled up when the climate Dry up into nothing Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that song. And today, since we have answered all our questions, we are going to reciprocate the love and answer some of yours. The first question comes from Sky. I can't repeat that name. Uh, the first question comes from at Day6 in the Sky. My question for HDIGH. How familiar is Jay with the metric system? And is there a logical explanation why the US is still resisting to adapt the metric system? Why? That's so right. Universally. Yeah. Let's look it up. What do you mean? Like why we're still… Yeah. There's got to be a reason for it. There's none. There's got to be. Why? we're just lame. Wait. Hold (laughs) on. Why is the US… Why is the US behind education? (laughs) Behind in everything. (laughs) Still using the metric. Oh no. Still not using the metric system. I will say, I still don't know like the metric system very well. There's a reason. Okay. The biggest reason the U.S. hasn't adopted the metric system are simple time and money. When the Industrial Revolution began the country, expensive manufacturing plants became a main source of American jobs and consumer products. And they would have to redesign and re-implement all the… I get right? where you're Right? Like going. rulers yeah. and like… What else is there? Scales and… Yeah. Wait, are scales part of the metric system? Yeah. Like gram, center, meter. Yeah. Yeah. So we'd have to reinvent everything. Because in Korea, what what do we do? We do It's metric system like the rest right? of the world. Yeah. America, it's foot. Yeah. Miles instead of kilometers. Yeah. And then uh, Fahrenheit instead of Celsius. Yeah. That was the weirdest thing. I came to Korea and they were like, how tall are you? I was like 6'10". Uh, They're like 610? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, huh? <laughs> You're not actuality. 6'10". What the heck? What just happened? You're 5'11". Oh yeah. I'm fi- Wait what? No, I'm 6. <laughs> so I was like 6'0". And they're like 6. Mm. Yeah. I remember that. I remember the situation a lot. Someday you'd be 6. <laughs> but for now you're a solid 5'11". Anyway. We hope that answered your question. We're going to move on to the next question from me of today. And question 2 comes from… At Cat King 0956. I have a question for your the podcast. 
What is one tip you give me or other my days who are soon to enter adulthood? Love you, Jay. Literally only made an account just to ask this question. So please use it. Wow. Thank you for making the account. Thank you for your amazing question. Once again, we're going to go back to a point that we made today. If you take nothing else from this podcast today, realize that you are only going to have a certain specified amount of emotional power to distribute amongst your loved ones. Make sure that your distribution ratio doesn't have to be 1 to 50. 1 yeah. to 100. Don't stretch yourself so thin. Because you're not going to be able to give enough to the people… That you'd want to give to. Yeah, you're not… No, well… Separately, because you may want to give your love and your affection and attention to 50 different people, right? And that's great. And you're a really pure human being for that. But you're going to end up not being able to give enough to anybody. Yeah, you're just going to run out of that energy. So we would suggest that you create a tight, close-knit friend group that you can give enough emotional support to. So really be there for them. Yeah. Or just, yeah, or be happy with the amount of friends you have. Don't feel like you need to be the most popular person in a room. Yes. Being popular is irrelevant after high school. Being popular is exhausting. Yes. Oh, you would know. Were you popular? It looks exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like… It looks exhausting. Anyway, guys. Thank you for sending your questions for me. And if you have any questions for the podcast, please send them to hashtag H-D-I-G-H. And let us know what should be on our next question to search at Instagram and Twitter at The Dive Studios. And also YouTube.com slash Dive Studios. Also, if you have a question specifically for me, you can send them to my socials at J-A-E underscore D-A-Y-6 at Twitter. Also, don't forget to subscribe and to review the podcast. And we will see you next time. How did I get here? With Jay.